that's 700 yards, 143 grain bullet. That bullet was probably exiting that gun around 2,700 feet per second. 700 yards, he's probably still carrying 1,800 feet per second, which is well within the realm of what that bullet is designed to uh, perform. I don't care if it's out of a 6.5 PRC or a 243 Winchester, I mean, it's mm -hmm. velocity is velocity. It doesn't matter what case it's coming out of. Two distances that are critical to a bullet's performance that they usually don't perform well, and that's shooting a high velocity bullet at close range. Right. And the bullet just blows up on impact. And the other one is far range, and the bullet just does not expand. But at 700 yards, it that bullet didn't come apart. It, it mushroomed, I'm sure it mushroomed, but it just didn't have enough energy um, to, to do what they call hydrostatic shock. The resilience of these animals, they are just amazing. It just blows me away with the injuries these things can survive with. When I first met Anthony, your cousin, I, I uh, told him to shoot. He was going out coos deer hunting and he was struggling with his loads. I'm like, here, try this. And he didn't believe me because mm -hmm. I had him load up 87 grain BLD, burger BLD. He's like, you're going to shoot a deer with an 87 grain bullet? Mm -hmm. Every deer he shot with that bullet is not moved. <laughs> yep. It just hits him like lightning. Hey guys, I want to start off by thanking you for keeping me on the air since 2004. I'm trying to keep everything fresh and keep bringing you content that is both enjoyable and informational. So if you can help me out by hitting me up on Instagram or Facebook and giving me some suggestions for guests, topics, and questions, I really appreciate it. Also, you've heard me say this, but please, 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 please take a few moments to give me a review on iTunes. It's so important to keeping me on the air. So if you want this podcast to stick around, please get on there drop me a line lastly go check out phoenix shooting bags been the title sponsor of the show for a long time use promo code john stallone to save 20 percent on everything they offer all right let's get into this next episode i got my buddy david mayor on the phone and uh we're gonna talk about this craziness that i went through with my client Who's there hunting? I've been searching for answers and trying to figure out what's what the deal is and got several different working theories here. So we're just going to uh we're just gonna jump into it. Dave's been on on the podcast a few times. So he's my go-to guy when it comes to gun stuff, if you hadn't uh, heard all that beforehand here <laughs> that he was talking about. So Dave, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the story because I didn't tell you the story. I just sent you the video. You don't even know the story. So I'm going to start from scratch. So I had a client who's physically challenged and I'm going to blow through the first part of the story and get to the, to the shooting part here, but just to set it up so, you, so they get an understanding, people get an understanding. I hunted with him for three days, just me guiding him and several times where I found an opportunity, we were unable to get there fast enough before the opportunity disappeared. So he had asked me if one of my other guides can come and help out. And I said, okay. So I called, actually called Ryan. 
Ryan works for me from time to time. He's a good, good friend of mine. And Ryan, with uh, he's best known for running the Hunt AZ page on Instagram. So we go out to a spot that's been 100% success rate for me, but it's kind of a crazy place. In my mind's eye, when we got there, I just remember you hiking because it's on a you hike on a road, but the road's closed to the public. And I remember just it being one climb up and then you stay on the road and you walk to the end and glass from there. Well, I about killed this guy because I didn't realize in my head how many ups and downs it was. So we finally get there, get set up and we're glassing, we're glassing, not seeing crap. And I'm like, oh shit, I almost killed this guy. And we're not even seeing dose. Like everything is just like still laying down. Finally, about 830 we start seeing some does. Actually, right off the bat, I saw one little buck and he was way up the mountain. I was like, there's no way in hell unless I have a helicopter, am I going to get this guy up there? And plus he was a small buck. He wasn't a big buck. We're going through, looking, 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 looking. Ryan says, I'm going to go check over here on the, this backside real quick. He goes over there. Shortly thereafter, he calls me over. He's like, John, I got a good buck. So Ryan found the buck. We go over there, and we're 987 yards, too far to shoot. Now, mind you, I took this guy, the, the day that he came in, I took him out shooting that afternoon. One, so him and I could build a rapport to talking him into where to shoot and what to find and how to find the deer in the scope and all that, but also to see how far he can shoot because everybody comes and tells me that they can shoot. This guy's name is David. David could shoot. He can shoot. I had him shooting at a like a fist size rock, five, six inch rock at 800 yards and he he hit it and he's shooting a Bagara 6.5 Creedmoor. You know, it's got like a tactical stock on it, a heavier barrel. I don't really know which model it is and it's uh, outfitted with the uh, the highest end loophole scope. I can't remember what the, the model number is, but so, you know, he can shoot. And he shoots off like a, a system, like a triclops, because he can't lay down. He can't shoot prone. It's like a, it's made by Bogpod, but it's super heavy tripod in the front with a, you know, like a triclops front uh, grip. And then he uses the shooting bags in the back, Phoenix shooting bags in the back. So he's got a great setup for shooting seated. And I know he can shoot. Anyway, back to the story. So. We find, well, Ryan finds this buck. We get over there. I take a look at him. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's a good buck. Let's get him closer. Um, I, said, I, told, I put a radio in Ryan's ear, stuck one in mine. I said, you stay up here, keep an eye on him, and I'm going to systematically work my way closer. Well, I couldn't really get that close because of the way the terrain was and the vegetation would have blocked his view. So the closest I can get with him mind you, was about 700 yards. I would have had to get under 300 or right around 300 yards to get a better shot, but it takes about 10 minutes to get him set up. And there, there lies in the problem. And I didn't think that we had 10 minutes like to set up because he would, they would have seen us at 300 and spooked and took off. So 700 was the best option. And again, like I said, he was hitting great at 800. So we took the 700 here yard opportunity. Sat him down, buck comes out of a tree, standing broadside, shoots, boom, 
You know, I follow the whole bullet the whole way, see where it hits. Looks like it hits him right behind the shoulder. Very good. And I'm like, you nailed him. He runs about 15 yards, dives into some bushes. And then like within seconds gets back up and trots back over to where he was standing when he made the shot. So he ran to the left and now he ran back to the right. So, but he, now he's kind of quartering to us and I'm like, okay, he's standing right back in the same spot. You got him? He's like, yeah, I got him. And before he told me that he was going to shoot, he shoots. So when he shot, I kind of, you know, I didn't have my ears on. I didn't have any ear protection on him. I was standing behind him. So it didn't like mess me up, but I jumped and I didn't see, I didn't see the bullet hit, but I saw the deer jump straight up in the air. And I'm like, I think you gut shot him. And well, he jumps straight up in the air. He runs about 10, 15 yards to the right and dives underneath like, like that, that diving forward that you would get when a deer dies and just like quits running like that kind of style uh-huh. into some trees, uh, into the base of these oak trees. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, I think he's dead. I'm like, looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. And I'm like, man, his head's up. I could see his ears through the leaves and I'm like, holy shit, he's still alive. Okay. Well, I'm like, let's just sit here and wait him out. And we waited, we waited, we waited. And finally I told Ryan to come over. I said, come over this way. He comes over to us and then we move all, all four of us. We move together and we get to about 600 yards, a little bit closer. There was like a, I saw a little spot that we can get to and we got there we're about 600 yards, 630, I think. So we didn't quite cut off a hundred yards and we're just sitting there waiting for him to do something. And he was with a spike and the spike comes down to him and he stands up and I'm like, oh shit, he's up. And he did this like standing up a backwards wobble, like he was going to fall down again. And he like backed up and now he's standing broadside right underneath this tree. And I, I was a little more hurried up at this point. And my guy shoots, David shoots again, but this time he misses completely. He pulls, he must've pulled a gun to the right. Uh, Cause he missed right in front of his chest, which makes the deer go running he runs about 15 yards again and just stumbles and falls. And now he's laying in some bushes, but you can see his whole body. You can see his whole head and he's quartering away. It's actually like a little bit better shot than, you know, we had at one point, but there's this branch from this oak tree covering his vitals. So I won't let David shoot. So I'm like, oh man, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I'm like, well, we'll just sit here let's just sit here for a little bit and let's figure this out. I'm sorry. At this point, I moved down 50 yards from, from Ryan. Ryan was above us. We were right at, or not 50, but we were right at 600 when that, we took that shot and Ryan was at like 650. I told Ryan and radioed up to him. I said, come down to us. As he came down to us, the deer gets up and moves over five yards into some trees and just lays down again. So now there's no shot. So, Ryan and I talk and he's like, okay, I'm going to go back up and get the stuff because we left it all the way back from where we were glassing, which was, you know, several hundred yards away from us. And he had to climb back up, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, go do that and then come back to us. Well, he's going up there and as he's going up there, that deer gets up again. And I'm like, hey, Ryan, he's up again. So he gets behind the glass wherever he was. I don't know. I'm like, get eyes on him. He got eyes on him. And the deer walks into some trees 
another like five yards to the right and then lays down again. So I'm like, Ryan, do you have eyes on him? He's like, yeah, I could kind of see his tail. Da, 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 da. We move again. So now I get us to about 435 yards. I found this opening in the, in the um, cat's claw that we can sit and we can shoot, but we don't have a shot from where we're at. I could see his tail, but I can't see his body to make a shot. And we're sitting there. So now Ryan continues on to go get our stuff, and then he's coming back to us. Well, all this takes place. The first time he shot him was like right before 9 o'clock, like 8.50. And now it's about 11 o'clock. And this deer hasn't died. And I'm like, man, I don't know what to do. Uh, Oh, I'm leaving out a very important part. So in the process of Ryan coming back to us, the deer gets up again and goes back to the left again, doesn't move more than five yards and lays back down. At this point I had, before he did that, I thought he was dead because an hour, an hour had passed and I didn't see any movement, no ear flicks, no tail movement. No, I can't, I couldn't make out breathing and you were starting to get some you know, heat waves and stuff too. So some of that was getting masked. But when he moved back and he laid down, now I could see him perfect, his head perfect and his neck perfect, but his body was covered by the leaves of the tree. And he was like three thirds of the way up an oak tree is what he looked like. So he was just up the hillside behind it, probably 10 yards. And, you know, the visual was through the top canopy of the trees of where he could see him. Well, when Ryan finally makes it to us, I'm like, okay, listen, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to go down this ridge. Now, the ridge curved to the right. It's kind of hard to picture, but with words, it curves to the right. Then it runs, once it curves to the right, it runs parallel to the ridge that the deer was on. And between the ridge that the deer was on and the ridge that I was going to go down, there's another little ridge that's slightly below, maybe 10 feet below, five feet below elevation wise to the one that, that I would be on. And line of sight, he's probably only 20 feet above that ridge. So he doesn't have to go down far before I would lose sight of him. Well, I get over there to where I want to get to. And I should have brought the gun because legally, uh, he's on a champ permit as a guide. I could finish the deer off. And we talked about it and he was okay with me doing that. And I said, you know what? I want you to, to get this deer. Well, let's see whether this plays out. I'm going to go over there. You stay here, keep the gun trained on him, sit here with Ryan. I'm going to go there and see if we got a shot from there. So I get down there and I peek over and I'm 330 yards from the buck, which is where I wanted to, I would have loved to have shot originally. Like if I had a guy that could lay down we, that's where we would have shot. So I peek over and I could see him perfect broadside through the tree. There's no obstruction. So I radio up to them and I'm like, come down to me, but do me a favor, drop off on the backside of the ridge that I came down. Because if he sees you skyline across the top of this, he's going to bust. Well, they start coming down and as they're going over to the other side, they must've come down a little too far before they went over to the other side. He sees them and he starts running downhill. But again, he's never been able to run more than 10, 15 yards. He runs down and the spike is still there. I could see the spike looking downhill at where the, where the buck just ran to. I'm like, he's still there. He's, he didn't go far. He can't go far. He just, you know, saw movement, got spooked and try to run, but he ain't going anywhere. So 
we get over on the ridge that's between the ridge that I am on and the ridge that the buck's on with David. We get him set up and I peek over the edge and there he is standing straight at us, face straight at us. And he's behind Cat's Claw. I'm like, okay. I'm like, so he, he's at 209 yards. I'm like, shoot him square in the chest. He shoots him. You hear that twack. He jumps and goes running downhill again towards us. And I'm like, what the hell, man? You hit him. I know you hit him. I could see the bullet hit. I know the cat's claws probably broke up the bullet, whatever, but this is the third bullet that's going in this thing, right? And I'm like freaking out a little bit. Like, oh my God. But he runs and he runs right to us and he stops again. He's at a um, 128 yards, I think he is. And he's broadside, but he's his whole body's covered up by cat's claws, and all you can see is his head and his tail. So we set him we set him up on the tripod again, standing up. Ryan actually locked the scope right on on the buck. The guy gets in there, he looks, he's like, Oh yeah, okay, I could see him. I'm like, good, good. He's like, All I can see is his head and his neck. I'm like, Well, at this point. Just put it right there at the base of his neck. Well, he shoots, and I think he got a little excited, and he kind of pulled to the right a little bit, and he blew the deer's trachea off, and that's when the deer hit the ground dead. And I'm like, oh, my God, this was just a shit show. Well, we get over there. So the whole time I'm thinking to myself, he must have only got one lung or the that bullet was too high. The first one, I knew the second one had to be a gut shot, but I, I, I never confirmed it. I didn't know about the back broken leg. He was holding up his front leg. I get over there. The bullet looks like perfect entry. And now, mind you, I looked on Onyx and verified. We were about 150 feet in elevation above him, so I was shooting downhill. So the exit would have been even lower than the entrance, which was good. The bullet went through and through. The exit was slightly bigger than the entrance, but it wasn't like a giant hole. The one that he hit in the guts came out and hit him in the back leg and broke that back leg. So his back leg, he had a gut shot and back leg was broken. He had the one straight on and then the one that blew his trachea off. I don't know if this was a bionic deer. Or if there was something wrong with <laughs> with the gun, and I second I brought up the fact that he was shooting a six five Creedmoor. That's that's all I had to say. Everybody had to chime in. Oh yeah, it's because he shot him with a six five Creedmoor. I'm like, I've never even had. We're shooting those ELDX bullets, the Hornady one forty three grain ELDX. I've never had a single deer ever not immediately fall or fall shortly there, like within steps of being shot where he was shot the first time. Never once. So now that I gave you a whole story, <laughs> I'd like to hear your analysis of it because you've seen the video, and I wish everybody could see the video, but I, I obviously I don't have that. I, I didn't see the video. You sent me the photos. Oh, I did. Uh, I did send you the video. You didn't get the video. Oh, no, oh. I never got the video. Okay, so I'm sending you. A, I'm sending pictures. it to you right now. Yeah, right. dude, I could see it right here. The video's in our our text. And you asked me, is that the exit side right after I sent it? Oh, that was a... That's a boy, video. That, yeah. That, oh, I thought that was just a picture. No, okay. click, click yeah, on so that. Yeah, so I saw that. I, I was thinking a video. I was thinking a video of the uh, actual shooting. No, I no, no. I, I, only had the, I only had the final shot because we didn't have time. Okay. So, yeah, just 
couple things. It just tells you, demonstrates the resilience of these animals. They are just amazing. It just blows me away with the injuries these things can survive with. When you told me the story originally, I had a couple questions and you, and you just answered them. Mm-hmm. At 700 yards, you know, everyone's going to criticize the Creed more. You're going to hear it. Ah, the bleed more, the Creed more. But, you know, it's 700 yards, 143-grain bullet. That bullet was probably exiting that gun around 2,700 feet per second. 700 yards, you're probably still carrying 1,800 feet per second, which is well within the realm of what that bullet is designed mm-hmm. to uh, perform. I don't care if it's out of a 6.5 PRC or a 243 Winchester. I mean, it's mm-hmm. velocity is velocity. It doesn't matter what case it's coming out of. But at 700 yards, you're, you know, at the far end of that performance. And you said you're shooting above mm-hmm. with the arc of the bullet. You probably, it's like that one in a million shot. <clears throat> There's a little void right above the lungs, mm-hmm. just above the shoulder blade, and it's below the spine. And it's, I mean, it's a very small area. Yeah, but did you see how low that shot was? You got to look at that video. Yeah, but still, the the only explanation, I mean, if he had double lunged him, there's no way he would have lived two hours. So you right. only, the only possible way, I think, is you caught one lung. And mm-hmm. I'm guessing it was the offside lung. Right. And you just barely missed, you know, or maybe clipped the very tippy top of the, the onside lung. Mm-hmm. You know, and they they can live forever on one lung. I I mean, in fact, I've got a had a business associate that had one lung. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so animals can live with one lung. The gut shot is fatal, but it's they they die from blood poisoning. Right. And it's yeah. about a twelve to fourteen hour process. Right. It's not a uh, not a and, cool thing and for of sure. Of course, there's of course there's no there's usually no blood trail with a gut shot either, and uh, the bullet. Depending on the range, there's not a lot in the guts for that bullet to expand on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a couple of scenarios where the bullet didn't open up, it penciled through, mm-hmm. right? That's what uh, I think so, happened. So two distances, yeah, two distances that are critical to a bullet's performance that they usually don't perform well. And that's shooting a high-velocity bullet at close range. Right. And the bullet just blows up on impact and the other one is far range and a bullet just does not expand hmm. now the eldx is designed to expand right it's got that polymer tip with the hollow cavity behind it right but at 700 yards it, that bullet didn't come apart it, it mushroomed i'm sure it mushroomed but it it just didn't have enough energy um to to do what they call hydrostatic shock mm-hmm uh, and I'm sure you've seen that, you know, you hit an animal with a high velocity. I like, I like the burgers that are designed to dump all the energy in the animal. Mm-hmm. You hit you hit an animal with a high shoulder shot, you know, their back legs crumple and then the front legs, it looks like they got hit by a lightning bolt. And that's usually, first they die, they go down from the shock to the nervous system. That's the hydrostatic shock. And then, of course, they die just because of the damage from the bullet tearing up the lungs and all of them, you know, what mm-hmm. have you. Mm-hmm. But the only explanation I can come up with, you know, and 
it's like a one in a million shot, that little spot below the spine, above the lung. It's right behind the shoulder. And at that range, the, the bull probably arced in. You got the far side of the lung, but just barely missed it near side of the lung. And unfortunately, because of the different angles that you shot him at, it, you don't know what that yeah, first shot I, damage I, was because following the trachea and the other ones sure like, who knows what damage was done yeah know. i didn't do a i definitely didn't do a post-mortem you know autopsy or anything like that because i mean he about shoot the damn cape off of the guy so we <laughs> i've he, he was pretty much swiss cheese i mean he had broken back leg and you know two broken ribs from the gut shot and then the you know, the initial shot, I mean, man, I got to tell you, like I saw him standing there broadside and blood dripping down from the hole. And I don't think anybody would, because it's not even a high shoulder. It's behind the shoulder and it's not that high. You know, we've all heard about that, that little cavity that you're talking about. I can't even see how he would possibly hit that from where the impact was. It's just not that high. Now, you know, we have a saying. We have a saying in the uh, I shoot PRS Precision Rifle Series. We have a saying in PRS. It's, it's called "Believe the Bullet." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't tell you how many times I've shot at a target at you know six, seven hundred yards, and the bullet hits left, and I think that well, maybe I just called the wind wrong, and I mm. do the same hold, and the bullet hits in the same spot. It's like, well, the bullet is telling you what it's doing, so. Mm-hmm. I would say in this case, believe the believe the results in you know hours. You know, a double lung. There's no way to live. I know. Hour, I, I know. That's why. That's why I'm doing a podcast about it, man. I'm just like it's like baffled. I want to believe that. I don't know. I don't even know what I want to believe. I know Anthony. I called him up originally. He was the first person I called, and he's like, um, he's like, I've heard them having. You know, lots where the actual projectile is bad. But even that, let's say uh-huh. I double lunged him with a freaking field point. He's not going to live two hours. He might go a lot longer yeah. than he would if I shot him with a broadhead. You know, I, I, I don't know. The hole yeah, almost looked clean. Lobe, you know, they, it almost looked like. Yeah, it depends. You know, they got the lungs are, you know, they have a lobe. So, you know, maybe. The pencil through caught one lobe, but the other lobe was not damaged. That's um, probably what happened. Uh, I'm kind of wishing I would have cut them open to see, that, but I just figured that one shot from the front would have blew up everything. Inside. I would have to run the ballistics, but I imagine that bullet was still traveling around 17, 1800 feet per second at 700 yards. Mm-hmm. If if it left his gun at, you know, I'm guessing at 2700 feet per second. Yeah, he's got a pretty uh, long barrel, so it's, I don't think he's. I don't know. I've shot with yeah. my, I've shot longer than that with my American Predator freaking six five Creamore, and I've shot a lot closer than that first that that head on shot. Matter of fact, I killed my Utah Books Cliffs buck. He was face literally the same position, and I was at one hundred and fifty yards. Now, mind you, I wasn't shooting through cat's claws, so I think that was the deciding factor on that particular thing. But, I mean, he just folded up and fell right over. I've never seen a deer take one square in the chest from the front and not do anything. Like, I mean, he did something. He 
he like stumbled forward and ran downhill and you know he only ran 50 yards and stopped or whatever it was but it was at two he was at yeah. 209 and he ended up at 128 so whatever that is and the eldx is a good bullet yeah i actually prefer the 140 the 140 eldm mm, okay over the 143 ldx why, um, and why is that it has a little thinner jacket people it's like oh you can't shoot a target bullet hunting well they actually designed the target bullet with a thinner jacket mm. and it's got a uh, like a void the eldm performs more like a a burger, VLD mm-hmm. or hybrid, than the ELDX. Okay. And then, so on small game like a coos deer, you know, I, I, you know, when I first met Anthony, your cousin, I, I uh, told him to shoot. He was going out coos deer hunting and he was struggling with his loads. I'm like, here, try this. And he didn't believe me because mm-hmm. I had him load up 87 grain VLDs burger VLDs. And he's like, you're going to shoot a deer with an 87 grain bullet. Mm-hmm. Every deer he shot with that bullet is not moved. <laughs> yep. It just hits him like lightning because that bullet is going so fast. It dumps that hydrostatic shock in it. Right. Yep. And, uh, Cause I, I shot a bunch of antelope and antelope are, I don't know, they're like twice as hardy. Those things are tough animals. Yep. I, I shot a bunch of antelope that, that burger 87 VLD. Uh, but uh, yeah, it just tells you the resilience and hardiness of those animals. But, you know, in, in bullet placement, bullet performance, you always have like one of the worst shots I've taken. Well, not worst shot, but worst bullet performance I've taken. I shot a mountain lion at 100 yards with a 300 Weatherby mm. with a 180 grain nozzler going like, I don't know, 3,400 feet per second. Wow. And that bullet, I hit it right on the shoulder and it stood up. The hole going in was nine inches, 10 inches across. Because <laughs> that bullet just had so much energy, so much speed. It just exploded on the shoulder. Yeah. And, um, and the bullet, the hole coming out was like the size of a quarter, but the bullet hole going in. Was not like nine, ten inches, and nobody ever believed me. It's like, nah, no, I know, we're standing the other way. I'm like, dude, I know which way that lion was standing when I shot it, but yeah, it's amazing. Uh, what those animals, this guy, unbelievable. I'm driving this guy, just pulled right in front of me. Great light. <sighs> Can't fix stupid, but the good news is you got the you recovered it, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, but it was an ordeal, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I had a I had a friend last year shooting another brand bullet. I, I I won't say what it was, but he's a really good shot, and he shot that deer, perfect shot. Never did find that deer. Mm. And I had my concerns with the bullet he was using, but I don't like to tell people usually because they get defensive. But right. I mean, but yeah. What caliber that was it? That bullet penciled right through the animal. It was a six five. What was it? Okay. He was shooting at 6'5", but yeah, that bullet, I'm convinced, just penciled right through that deer and they never did find it. And he was actually hunting with your cousin Anthony mm. when oh. that happened. I heard about that story. Yeah, let's just say it was not a Hornady and it was not a burger. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I, it's so crazy because, I don't know, the last five or six years, five years or so, 
I've had a lot of experience with the six five, and this is the first bad bad experience. I mean, we shit, we shot elk with it, <laughs> you know. It's it's a great caliber. I mean, yeah, I like it. I mean, I I know you liked it. I think I think you're the whole reason why we started shooting them. Yeah, I had a bunch of those American predators. I yeah. got rid of them due to life life issues, but I had like four of them, and those things all shot. Best out of the box <laughs> yeah. rifle I've ever had. Matter of fact, the smallest group I've ever shot in my life was with an American predator shooting boxed ELDXs, one forty three grains, and I, it was only a three shot group, but you know. There's nothing that's a shot group, but it was a point zero eight. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, um, but yeah, that rifle case is really shot half inch at a hundred yards. Yeah, that's honestly at at one point my thought process was I'm going to run back up to my truck and go get my six five Creedmoor because there's something off. You know, either with his ammo or, or something like I was just, I, I'm, I, I was there. I mean, I had, I had plenty of time to think, you know, yeah. I, I sped that story up and left out a lot of details, but you sitting there two hours waiting for an animal to, to expire and it's not, you're like, holy shit, like I need to do something, you know, but yeah, I've got a, another buddy, he, he's a, a outfitter and he used to shoot the 28 Nosler. Mm-hmm. And um, and he was having issues, and he was having it also with like a 300 wind mag. He was shooting those big bullets. He shooting mm-hmm. mule deer, and the mule deer would run off, mm. and then they would die, and he'd have to track them. Like that bullet was so big, had so much energy, it was going right through the animal instead. Of, you know, so let's just say it's got 2,000 foot pounds of energy. Mm. Well, it dumped. 500 pounds of energy in the animal and 1500 pounds of energy in the dirt bank behind it. Right. And right. then he, he switched to the, uh, he's shooting that 140 ELDM out of a 6.5 PRC. And uh, basically everything just drops in the tracks. And then I think he shoots the, three, the 30 PRS mm-hmm. or PRC for elk. Gotcha. But, uh, I don't know. I've never had an issue with my 300. <laughs> As long as I make you a good shot. Three hundred gram, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I haven't, I haven't been using that gun. I brought it with me the last rifle hunt I had, which was almost two years ago now. But I brought it with me, and I shot it right before I went out on the hunt, like that day. And it was way off because I had lent it to my nephews, and they screwed something up with the turrets. And I was like, I don't got time to dick with this shit. So. Uh, I was literally on the road. I just happened to pull over and said, hey, I got an hour or so before I have to go pick up my cameraman. Let me go shoot. And I shot. And I, I didn't even know where the bullet was hitting. That's how bad it was. So, yeah. So, I ended up using my 6.5 for that hunt. Thank God I had threw it in the truck with me as a backup. Otherwise, I would have turned back and go all the way. I was actually in Payson at that point. I, had to go, I would have to go back home to get my, my other gun. But, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I never had an issue. People always talk about, you know, I've heard that story before, but I've never, and I've shot all kinds of different distances, super close, super far. Yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, well, you know, you shoot or you you don't shoot, but I mean, you're with, you know, you got outfitters, you're with clients, so you you witness and experience more shots than the average person. True, true, that is true. You 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 wit you witness enough shots, and you'll eventually you'll see, see that stuff that is just crazy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That is true. Yeah, it seems like any time I've ever really seen anything crazy, it's been when I was guiding, not hunting myself with the gun. Anyway, <laughs> I've seen I've seen some yeah. I've seen some bow stuff happen, <laughs> but we won't get into that. Well, man, I was hoping you had some like, right. crazy, um, you know, ballistical uh, like data for me that was going to. Uh, Disprove yeah, no, or prove, know, disprove or prove some theories. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, just looking at, I'm, I'm kind of a science numbers guy, right? So just mm. you look at the numbers, everything lines up. You know, it is a, it is a stretch for that caliber, but it's still within the velocity that that bullet is yeah. designed to perform at. But you know, like like I said, must have only caught one long or you know that lobe and. Um, you know, maybe that bull just penciled through. So, yeah, I think it did just based on what I could tell. Like, cause the entry was pretty minimal. The exit wasn't that different. You know, usually there's a pretty dis good discrepancy between one, one and the other. There wasn't. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking. Like, I feel like it just went through, like, didn't open up at all. So. All right, man. Well, I'll let well, you get back to life. Get get ready for uh, right. archery deer season coming up, buddy. Yeah, I've got the, almost a whole month of January off, but I'm having rotator cuff issues with my right shoulder, and I don't even know if I can pull my bow back. My bow back, but I'll be in that mountain glassing for for you know Anthony helping. Nice. I just don't. I haven't shot my bone over a year, so I, I don't have. I don't have any ethical right being out there shooting, so I need to practice before I go hunting. But I'm a good glasser. Yes. Yes, you are. All right, man. Well, we'll talk <laughs> to you soon. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for checking out the show. Really appreciate you. Keep those reviews and those comments coming. Helps us keep this free. Do me a favor. Go check out Phoenix Shooting Bags. Use promo code John Stallone to save 20%. All one word. And check out Howl for Wildlife. Thank you very much, and we'll catch you on the next show.